1: Learn more at marines.com. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Ever to make it back-to-back wins in the Premier League. Back-to-back clean sheets. 1-0 against Southampton in a football match I'm sure we'll all forget very, very quickly after tonight, uh, but it's a win nonetheless, first one since December in the Premier League at Parker Park, uh, joining me to try and find something to chat about from that game, <laughs> Mark Mosey uh, and Rob Veer. Actually, actually, I know, do you know what, in fairness, you know, we joke there about that one eventful game was, I think we should probably start with Jordan Pickford who yeah. um, made a really, you know, there's two decisive moments in the matches of a challenging goal obviously, and then and then Jordan makes that save at the end. I, I'll come to you first on, on Pickford and Rob, because I thought... In general, his distribution was good tonight. He punched a few well, apart from that one at the end which he flapped out, and he made a, a big save when he was called upon. And listen, I know you were saying after that game against Liverpool that we don't want to draw any long-term conclusions, but it was another a big step forward for him tonight, I thought. Uh,
0: sure, yeah. I I, I think that um, it's very difficult for a keeper to have nothing to do, and, and let's be totally frank that that Southampton attack is it's basically like a, a silent fart you know it stinks and you barely noticed it and it's it's just one of those things where you know all credit to, to whomever but I, I was just waiting for Pickford to have anything to do in that game, so it's tough in those moments to, to to go almost 90 minutes and have nothing to do, and then right at the end when the game is still kind of holding on by a, a bit of a thread because you've only scored the one goal, uh, to come up with a big save is is key. And and it felt, uh, you know, if you want, you could say that that's that's the most Robin Olsen like game that Jordan Pickford <laughs> had on some <laughs> level. Not that not that Olsen is perfect, but just the whole. Concept of the the boring kind of the boring you don't notice him sort of game for the most part. Um, but I but I thought he did well in that moment. It looked like um, that Vestergaard was was kind of falling over a little bit on that shot. Didn't get didn't really get everything on it, but it definitely was was going in without the intervention of Pickford. And 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 those are those quote focus moments that we have lots of questions about when it comes to Pickford, but Hey, bottom line is at the, at the, the, the big moment when, when he needed to um, kind of magically appear there, he did. Um, <laughs> I was born to tears by that entire experience it was uh <laughs> but at the same time uh give me give me boring three points uh i would have loved this boring three points against fulham or newcastle in earlier games at goodison so uh I, i'm 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 made up uh even though my i'm made up on the inside you can't tell it from the outside but i Inside, I really am happy about the three points that we got today.
1: <laughs> yeah. What, what are your thoughts on it initially, Mo's? um you start with Pickford at the end there? Is that the, the crucial moment in the game, ultimately?
2: Yeah, I think it, it's definitely a good confidence-building game for him. You know, all, all that lad wants to do is play nice, comfortable football across the back. He had a couple of good opportunities in the first half to find a couple of full-backs with a couple of those like nice, drilled, left-footer passes. It was all great. Um, but, yet yeah, the 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 commanding nature of the goalkeeper is what we need ultimately in the last ten minutes. And I think he, he did that relatively well. Obviously he was put under a, a fair bit of aerial pressure at the end. But I, I saw I saw growth from obviously the Derby and massive improvements on the games that preceded that. So I think absolutely fair credit to him. Um, in terms of the game on a whole, I, I was quite ready for Everton to win a football game and not really get out of second gear. Um, I think that the nature of our season, to an extent, has been extreme highs and equally devastating lows. Uh, and I'm ready for us to just dispatch teams who are, yes, poor, um, but as poorer as teams have been who come to Goodison Park, we've always found some form of way to... To offer a, a slight olive branch on a way back into a game and as, as much as as an evertonian you can't help but watch games like this and and expect the inevitable demise that there, there was a there was a fairly stable level within me tonight that thought that we will be fine regardless. Um, there was occasional moments of tonight's match where I kind of looked away and did another task, and occasionally spoke to my wife. And it it, <laughs> hasn't, it hasn't really been that relaxed watching Everton in recent months.
0: so sorry you had to go through that, Mark.
2: but it's the hasn't been those moments watching Everton in recent weeks where the level of anxiety has gone below a nine. And tonight I felt like that. I felt that there was a there was a relative feeling of calm. I think the fact that Carlo Ancelotti hasn't made a substitution until the 86th minute, I think, in bringing Awobi on. And yes, it's not ideal with the the level of, of frequency of games that we've got at the moment. But I, th- I think it was just that that feeling of this this is fine. This will get us over the line. So let's not go overboard in terms of trying to be too dramatic, change too much. And I think Carlo Ancelotti at times has been guilty of of trying a little bit too hard to to try different formations and bring people into the game early doors. And tonight I, I was just ready for a run-of-the-mill home victory against a the side who were, were not quite as good at football as us. And I think ultimately that's what we've got.
1: Just about I'd say just about probably felt like that until eighty five. And then that Gineppo
2: chance. it was Flash is past. Yeah, yeah that was a
1: chance. That was
0: definitely a chance that, that definitely got my attention too. Um it, everyone, everyone jolted up in the seas
1: after nearly nodding off for, for so long.
0: But- well, and by the way, look, we're we're as much as we're talking about how nothing really happened. I mean, we were we're able to do that because Southampton ultimately wasn't able to capitalize on a couple of chances but really they didn't generate much at all but it does speak to what what you make yourself vulnerable to when you score one goal in this league or in any league I mean this is a sport that is increasingly less and less about grinding out one nil victories and and more you know more uh, contingent upon you being able to be slightly more dynamic offensively, but um, I I thought it was weird because I, you know what's funny about it, the one nil in this in this case is I thought we actually gen- you know I thought we generated some decent movement uh, from an attacking standpoint. I thought I actually thought our set pieces were were pretty decent. I, I think that you're missing a little of. Know maybe some finishing product on some of those set pieces with you know, you know, some of the injuries that you've got with Yeri Mina out, for instance. But I thought, I I mean, I thought Keen could have scored two, maybe three goals if he's (laughs) not, if if, if he's not like offside, or actually, I'm sorry, Mason Holgate is an offside for that one. And uh, I I thought that header at the end, I thought he was going to get that on goal, I thought that was going in. but but at the same time, i I think I find myself sort of grasping for for sort of things to to look at here. But but overall, we we didn't we didn't play bad. I don't know that anyone really really stood out. I think the big takeaway, if I'm going to take anything away from this game again, in terms of of the macro for the for the season or for this section of the season, is is that Richarlison continues to score. Yeah. Uh, I I uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum that um, there I've felt very strongly that there's kind of a ceiling. To this thing, if Richard, you know, we we were very fortunate to make it this deep into the season as competitive and as well as high in the table as we've been with richarlison having a poor goal scoring season. But his resurgence to me, uh, and and hey, he's the he's your he's your game winner tonight, right? His resurgence is going to be the difference between us having. Uh, you know, a, a seventh or eighth type of finish or possibly, you know, pushing for a champions league spot. Um, everyone above us had two games in hand before we kicked off tonight. And um, so this was that game that we absolutely had to win and we got a goal from him and, and, and so uh, he seems like he's more engaged, and and you see that when he scores goals, he is engaged in every other facet of the game as well. Yeah. And and so I think it's critically important. And so that's probably my biggest takeaway from tonight, more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I do love the first goal because it's got the it's got the sort of. You know, it's a long ball for, but then it's got the aggression from Don to just bully that centre back who I'm sure will be having nightmares about tonight because um I think he messaged me most during the game saying it's reminiscent of uh, Duncan Ferguson against Rocky Jr. against Leeds all those years ago. This because that lad did not want to know. But there's the there's a the physical aspect of it where he just bullies him, then bullies him again, and then there's the there's the clash on the composure, the pass from Sigurdsson, the finish from Richardson, and I think I think Mo in that situation. He knows he's got to go around the keeper. It's going to be a very tight angle. It's going to be quite a difficult finish for him, and, and maybe not the sort of composure he would have had, and belief he would have had himself a, a few weeks ago, where he'd scored two and twenty or something like
2: that. Yeah, absolutely. I think th- the whole move was pleasing in in very contrasting ways. I think I I quite like it when Everton go relatively direct to Calvert-Lewin at times. um the, there's a belief in in him to to win something and and to actually make it difficult for a centre-half, who, as you say, looked look just absolutely horrified for the vast majority of his game tonight. Um, but I think that the nature of the formation that we play in terms of having Richarlison up top, playing Guilfie Sigurdsson in a relatively advanced position is that you, you've kind of got to back those sorts of lads to pick up second balls and to be dangerous with it. Um, it it's no it's no great surprise that when that ball does start bobbling around 25 yards out from goal, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson is operating in that in that space between defence and midfield because that's how we've set up and we, we've done that because that's where he is at his most effective. Um, so much has been said about Gilfie Sigurdsson recently um, at, at massively contrasting ends of the scale, but I don't think... Be you a fan or a hater of his, there is anyone better in that squad, um, taking away James Rodriguez, obviously, tonight, that that you would like to see picking that ball up 25 yards out with four or five yards of space in every direction and runners ahead of him. And I think if, if you set up those sorts of situations for him, then it'll be incredibly dangerous. Um, his his vision is unquestionable. Uh, and, and in situations like that, that don't necessarily need bucketfuls of desire and, and that ambition to do all the running in the world, then that, that's that's where you get the best out of him. It's, it's the artistic side of the game that Gilfie Sigurdsson will never, ever struggle with. Uh, and I think, yeah, you, you're dead right. I mean, the the goal comes about through not only the ambition and the confidence of Richarlison following on from recent weeks, but also just the general positioning sense. How, how many times have we, we seen Richarlison pick the ball up out on the left, slow the entire game down and ultimately be quite poor in possession. And he, he doesn't get the opportunity to be wasteful in those situations because he has that mindset when he's within the lines of the 18-yard box that if he picks the ball up, he's being direct and he's going at goal. Um, yes, the pass made that incredibly easy for him tonight, but it was almost that kind of Freddie Jumberg-esque run that, that Rich Alderson has been so effective with in, in recent seasons. And... That's As where, you,
1: that's ideally, that's where you want him, isn't it? Between yeah. between right back and, center, and right centre back in that little space, making that run. That 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 is where he is
2: genuinely at his best. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I think when there was no doubt in my mind that when when he took that first touch around the keeper that he he, he wasn't going to score um, because he, he is just in one of those clinical runs of form at the moment. And whilst it's going, we just need to we just need to totally buy into it and keep him there. And I mean, they'll there'll be. There'll be pluses and minuses to play in a diamond system, but I think the, the massive plus that you get is, A, getting James Rodriguez or Sigurdsson into that central, dangerous, advanced position, but primarily getting Richarlison in front of goal. Um, it, this game can be simplified in in so many different ways, but putting dangerous finishes of a football in front of the goal is one of the ways to win football games. And, and tonight, it, he is a very fine margin between... A very enjoyable and a very disappointing podcast. Yeah, hundred uh, percent.
1: Just quickly run through some of the comments. Uh, CJEFC, Saint Alan was class. First mm-hmm. game back tonight. We'll talk about him in a bit. Dave Maxine, saying Corey man of the match, box to box. But thought he was a little bit wasteful on the ball tonight. The to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we've also got Stephen Jameson, Pickford, save and showed the points. Yeah, maybe we spoke about him to start. Uh, really, really pleased of him. Um, Rory McGlasson started the game with the right attitude, won the game in the open third, points in the bank, six on Thursday uh, against West Brom. Uh, and Robert Cannon, uh, cannot expect to be top six if we continue to sit and rely on defence in the through games. Mm. Where does the balance lie between strong defence and attack and flair? Surely it's not too lopsided at present. The, th- the thing I'd say on that, Rob, is just that. I don't think Everton were ever going to turn up with the terrible run they've had at home recently and just, just batter somebody playing free flowing yeah. football. It's it's gotta be little steps, little steps, hasn't it? You know, they'll take confidence from this game going into the next home game and might open up a little bit more. We didn't yeah. have our main creator on the pitch tonight, you know, we had a few other injuries as well. So it was never gonna be a, a free-flowing you know, brand of football, was it? And I right. think recently Everton have shown that they're at the best when they play that. Let's nick a goal and sit in football.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) I I don't know that I fundamentally agree with the notion that Everton can't get where they want to get in this league in this particular season uh, kind of leaning a bit on on some of their strength which I I, I think in a lot of ways is their defense I mean it, it's sort of like if you were trying to you know you were going through the shouts for man of the match tonight some games it's hard to pick because everyone plays really well some games it's hard to pick because no one played great but everyone was really solid um, you know defensively and so on I mean I thought the midfield generally was that way I think I don't think it I, I don't want To gloss over the fact that Allen hasn't played in forever and came back tonight, and I I didn't notice him a ton, but I I thought he was fine. Um, I thought Andre Gomes was fine. I thought Decoré, even when he's not playing. You know, really well He's a little wasteful I mean, DeCurry can be that way Where he'll give away A few passes here and there But his motor never stops So that that really helps um, I, Yeah, I mean I think that um, You know, in terms of the way That they're going to come Into a game like this it, it, All the euphoria Of the last week aside I mean, we'd lost two of You know, we'd lost two of three uh, Coming into this And, and I think that uh, Not only do we have to Stabilize our home form We have to stabilize our form Just in general a little bit as we get into this run uh, as we look to take advantage of these games in hand which I know everyone's tired of hearing the words games in hand" at this point but um, I I think that Southampton are the kind of side that uh, for for all the headlines that uh, that the the uh, periodic uh, 9-0 thrashing will get them at times that they're really not the kind of side that you're going to go out uh, given what we had uh, on offer today in the starting 11, what we had on the bench and all these things. And just, like you said, go out and batter, uh, for, you know, 3 4 nil or anything like that. Uh, I think you had to play smart. I think Everton overall did play smart. They didn't give up a lot of chances. I think that they put decent pressure on. They had bad some not great finishing, uh, you know, in the final third today. But um, I, I think it was all about just saying, look, um, this is this is a – a trend at home that cannot uh, persist if we're going to get to where we want to be by the end of the season. And so we need to find a way to just win regardless of how either entertaining it is or how, uh, how necessarily dynamic it looks. Uh, it, it was pretty effective because to Mark's point earlier, it, it is weird because we did have those kind of, you know, tense moments a little at the end, but throughout the game, if you're honest with yourself, through are about 85 minutes we were up one nil and I didn't really feel that worried because I did feel like we had a pretty decent command of the game outside of maybe a, 10 to 15 minutes spell where maybe at the end of the half where the first half where Southampton were starting to move it a little more maybe in the last 10 minutes of the game Southampton started to push a little more but they weren't really creating a lot of chances so I think you've just got to be defensively and fundamentally sound we did it we got the three points and again I I think Everton are going to have to really lean on their strengths the the rest of the way through we're all fully aware of the the gaps that they have from an attacking standpoint I think that you ultimately have to lean on what you do Best. It doesn't mean that you just put eleven guys behind the ball. I'm not saying yeah. that certainly, but I am saying that uh, that that there is probably uh, there probably is an argument to be made that if you're going to go on one end of that pendulum or the other, Everton are not at their best when they are probably going a little too high flying. If they if they uh, you know <laughs> because of the fact that that they maybe can't generate as many goals as they like to think that they could. So um, I, I'm fine with it. I don't want to see one nil the rest of the well. I'll, I'll take one nil. No, I guess. I, <laughs> I was gonna say, will, but you know yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see this kind of boring football. I get that, but you know, tonight was fine. These are, and hey, let's 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 also give Everton credit too. The, the the big challenge for us is not just the home form. It's been how do we play against sides that are going to, you know, in, in times let us have the football a little bit more, uh, as Carlo maybe kind of Freudian slipped and said, you know, these bottom half teams, how do we play better against them? That's been our problem this season. And let's be honest, it has. Um, I, I'll take any win we can get. It starts with this, and hopefully we can build upon it. I'll tell you what, Rob, the, the
1: way the defended at the moment, see what you mean? it's not going to get back in this side.
2: No, I was uh I was impressed. Hey, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. Did Jack? Did Jack? <laughs> Jack Carlisle tell you to, to message that
0: to me? Just then no. hey, I've just said like, two cliches in a row. You know. Hey, no, look, look, it's fine. Look, if we as long as, long as we can continue <laughs> to play Southampton and they don't shoot the ball at the net at all, you're right. I guess there's no I'm, point. in am uh, having anyone in I'm there. I'm only
1: why did you want me. Come on, Moe, Sorry,
2: I, I was going to say as. as now that we we talk about James Rodriguez and obviously I've, I've only thought about him about 30 times tonight as opposed to the usual second. <laughs> but it, it's probably one of those games I'll come back now that I think if, if he was playing, it would have been pretty devastating. Um, Southampton were that passive and that afraid almost of getting that high up the pitch and allowing us the spacing behind them. And obviously that, that led to Everton having a lot of ball across their back four and, and people like Alain being able to pick it up with ease. But... Tonight struck me as one of those games that we would have been able to get hammers on the ball quite a lot in in a lot of good spaces, uh, and it, it could have been a totally different outlook and a totally different result if, if that was to happen. But the nature of the season at the moment is that we do have to to protect players, and I think a lot of us had slight shivers down the spine when we saw n- not necessarily the lineup tonight, but I think there was a a cumulative age of seventeen on the bench that you thought it would. <laughs> Things could potentially get a little bit ropier, but I don't think that I don't think that tonight's game is anywhere near as comfortable or, for want of a better word, as boring as it was if Alain wasn't in that side. And I think he he totally dictates the rhythm of of football matches. And as Rob alluded to, the fact that he's able to do that tonight on a a, a night where he hasn't played for for countless number of games. Um, I think both him and Decore at times are a little bit ponderous on the ball and and sometimes you could probably forgive alan for very similar reasons tonight for for not necessarily firing off very quick distribution but I think the his ability to read and break up play is is totally unrivaled in that midfield and it, it, it just it just sets the shape up so nicely and I know that we've tried something a little bit different tonight and and maybe we've we found something that suits at least three of those central midfield players, but the there feels like a very defined shape when he's there because the two either side of him are not overcompensating. The, there's an assurance and there's a there's a confidence in Alan to do that central deep role. And, and we don't necessarily have to to drop into his space and, and get in his way and do that for him. It allows people like the and Gomez a little bit more flexibility. Um, yeah, How,
0: how's Tom Davis going to get back into the side if all that's true, Mark? I don't know.
1: But just, just, on a, on a, <laughs> I know you're joking there, but honestly, <laughs> on a serious point, is that I thought he did play well, Alan, tonight. But no, he did. I, I still, still don't like him as the deepest player in midfield. I, I still, yeah. I, I still feel as though I agree. If you're going to play that system. I'd want him to be one of the the two you know, horizontal points of the diamond, if you will, if that makes sense. You wouldn't want to... I wouldn't want to be the very top in. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think, I think there are a few occasions tonight where, you know, and, and this isn't just because he was back in the side, because after a while... But I think when he was playing well earlier in the season, there was there's a bit of this as well. He he does go hunting the ball. It's like he sees the ball, he goes to try and win it, and that yeah. that can leave a bit of space. So I think what what I would potentially like to see going forward, and you know, there's a lot of lot of positive comments about Gomez in the Gomez in the comment box. Yeah. A lot of people saying he played well. So by no means you going to just knock him out the, the side. But I think with the, potentially with Davis sitting and the core and Allen in front of him, that is something I would. Quite like to see going forward, um, but yeah, yeah. He, he was he was fine tonight. He's played played well, and given you know, given he played ninety minutes after ten weeks I was, I'd be very surprised if we saw him on Thursday uh, in the, the starting lineup. Yeah. So might might get a bit of a blow on Thursday. And was just, just very quickly, lads, I, I know Rob's got a dart tonight, so we won't be on as long. But certainly not as long as we were last Saturday when, when we co- people couldn't get us off this thing. But uh, it it does set us up, Rob, nicely. This doesn't it? I think you know for, for Thursday we're playing one of the worst teams in the league. Who I know, I know I know beat Brighton at the weekend, but my word, they just about beat Brighton at the I weekend. I mean, yeah, Brighton, um,
0: Brighton have found ways to lose games this season
1: that are. I, are just amazing to me <laughs> and if if Everton win that they go into the top four it's um, unreal it's a, a huge it's a huge you know it's, it's a huge enticement for them isn't it to be able to go to one of the worst teams in the league with our great away record and and try and make something of that um because that would i think if they did get into the top four i think a lot of people would sort of take a step back look at this and go yeah th- th- this is a serious size now mm-hmm. yeah well look i i've been on the top
0: I have been on the top 4 bandwagon this season only be, which is somewhat about us and, and the fact that I think we're clearly better than we've been but I also I
1: think, think I think you came off it off the Fulham rob evidently Well right. I was yeah. very
0: I'm still upset about. I'm still not totally over that. Um just uh just because if we do like to your point, you know, we win on Thursday, we're in the top 4, if we split our our fixtures with newcastle and we win that fulham game i mean what are we talking about right now i mean it's just it is i guess you can't linger on that too much but to your point i look i i think that the fact that we will be we could be in the top four uh with a win on thursday it's thursday right yeah. um i think is probably a testament to, to the way the league is this season and and again you can you can moan about that all you want but it's an opportunity and and we've got one um i i I'm excited by the the notion that Everton are just relevant this late into the season, and 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 ironically, it really has nothing to do with a cup run or not being in the cup or whatever. Even though we happen to still be in one, um, I think that that's I think that's a testament to, to what Carlo Ancelotti's done. But but this is a real opportunity, uh, and if we win Thursday, we're talking about winning two games against um, Southampton and West Brom that we should win, but that we've had these sorts of moments before. Where two games that we ought to win, we you know we find a way to slip up. This this can't be one of those games. You know we had we we had to win tonight. We have to win on Thursday, and that's just the the bottom line. But uh, someone in the comments was asking, you know, what what bet would I fulfill if we finish top four? And then I was gonna someone leave
1: off re- for the end, yeah, but yeah. Need- someone replied
0: skydiving, and I just want to throw out there that that will absolutely not happen. I will <laughs> never agree to that. Uh, primarily, and that should tell you how much I think that us finishing top four is a distinct possibility. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, where we're
1: at. Final final words to, to you on that, Moj, before we wrap up tonight, and it be top four, haven't played a game more than a lot of other sides. We'd be on 26 points and ahead of West Ham, ahead of Chelsea, ahead of Liverpool, ahead of Tottenham, ahead of Villa. Um, it's it would be a massive step, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, a, it's an enormous momentum decider going into the last what are we third of the season now. Um, yeah, I already look at the game on Monday against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and. You can you can dictate the mindset of Everton in general, depending on the results on Thursday, about how we go down there and impose ourselves on on one of the so-called better sides. Um, because if we go to West Brom and are pretty comfortable um, and teach Sam Allardyce a lesson, which would be nice, um, to to go to go down to Stamford Bridge with that level of brashness and confidence about our game would be. Probably it would probably favour quite a lot of our our players and, and and the setup that we've got in terms of how we've been able to to do well on the counter and go to big ground, grounds and win. Um, we we follow that up with games against Brighton and Palace, I think, and a, a couple of well, I don't know if, if you beat West Brom and then you go and get some form of results at Stamford Bridge, then you're already looking at every fixture in the season and thinking, well, who's going to stop us? And, and that that's the level of of confidence and momentum that we're trying to generate here. And I think that's something that that level of consistency, I can already, I can look back at our season in general. And then, as we've already said, there's enormous highs at the start and then some of the crushing games that we've mentioned against Newcastle and Fulham. I think everyone's just ready to see us do generic European contender form. Now <laughs> let's just have five or six games. Let's pick up four victories. Let's look solid. Let mm-hmm. our dangerous players up top do the work. But the important thing is that we start to consolidate and, and build on results. So, I mean, two games in a row, winning a couple of clean sheets. That, that's exactly what we want to see. Let's go to West Brom and just do the normal thing. Let's just go and box that game off. And then we can go expansive and, and try and generate a bit of a excitement and, and play that free-flowing style that, that someone like Hames would really feed off at Stamford Bridge. But I think it's it's nice now to, to sit back on a Monday night, look at the league table and there's no way you're looking anywhere below Everton at the moment. You're looking at where we can go, uh, and and that's that's all we ever ask of this of this football team when it gets to February, March.
1: Yeah, onwards and upwards. Uh, just before you wrap up, we have got one comment from Luca Campanella, and which I think is really interesting. Saying, "I'm an AC Milan fan. I know Angelotti's teams very well. They tend to play badly in January and February. In March, they literally start flying. Don't worry too much. Uh, so yeah, got off to mar- Got March off to the best possible start. Anyway." Mm-hmm. Uh, great stuff thanks very much to Mark and to Rob Get your ideas in for Rob's forfeit for the end of the season of Everton finish top four as well. Uh, comments on YouTube. Uh, you want to get in touch with me on Twitter at MattJFootball. Mark is at MoseyEFC. Uh, we are happy to focus group this entire thing uh, and get as many ideas in as possible. So looking forward to that. Uh, Rob, no snow. There's no snow to jump in this time. But, so. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, Rob is vehemently shaking his head. Uh, but yeah, just a reminder as well, we've got tons coming up on the Blue Room Extra this week. Loads of games, loads of podcasts. Uh, if you want a little bit more from us, multiple shows every single day. Uh over there. It's patreon.com slash the blue room extra. Works out about a quid a week. I'll be
0: on I'll be on Tuesday's show with Ben Crawford tomorrow, the Monday show on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah,
1: well yeah, the pesky Premier League messing it up. our schedule up again. So subs weekly will be Wednesday, Insta Match Action Thursday. And we'll do a Friday weekly this week, just you know, some yeah, mix it up a little bit. Uh but yeah, that's it for me. Cheers to Rob. Cheers to Mark, up the toffees, and we'll speak to it again soon.